0: have you a friend or family member ever considered writing a book and getting it published well i have the perfect idea for you you should contact wasteland press Wasteland Press is a self-publishing book company, and since they started in 2000, they have published over 4,000 book titles, that's right over 4,000 book titles, and they make money from your book, not you, and they work for you, non-stop, full-time. You could sell your free copies when it's all said and done to make an investment off of your book, and there is no other publishing company that can offer that. They provide full service publishing for you and your book, which includes the cover design and formatting, and they also have a plan that can fit your budget, which includes the basic plan, the silver plan, the gold plan, the platinum plan, and the ultimate plan. If you want to find out more about these plans, you can contact them at 502-437-0860 That's 502-437-0860, and if you want to request a publishing guide, you can contact them at WastelandPress.net. Do it, you won't regret it, make your dreams come true with Wasteland Press. This week on the mancave Sports Podcast, I'm going over UK's loss against Tennessee, what UK needs to do to change it for their future, Mark Stoops' comments, some L news, and much more coming up on the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tower Goff. Bringing you sporting news from Kentucky and beyond. And it was another disappointing weekend for the UK Wildcats football team. Losing to Tennessee 24-7. to And really all I can put that game as and really describe it as is disappointing. They had plenty of opportunities to get back in that game. But they could just couldn't do it. They let the game get out of hand early and they don't just didn't have the offense to really get back in that game. And that's been, you know, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that game later. But that's been the, quite the narrative for this uh, football season for UK. Um, also, going to get to some basketball stuff today and more with college football with the Heisman Watch and the college football playoff rankings. So, and also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off with Mark Stoops' comments, which I find, I mean, it's not concerning, but is very, for the normal average UK fan, it's going to piss him off, quite honestly, and, you know, it didn't really piss me off, but it was just, you know, nonsense to me, due to the fact that, you know, It's like they're completely oblivious to how this season has gone. And it's been, you know, Mark Stoops has come out and said, you know, they were talking about in the press conference uh, possibly changing the offensive scheme for the next couple of games. And he said something to the effect of that, you know, he's proud of his coaches for putting him in position... To win, be you know nine and three, and that's great. Honestly, that is really great, Mark. It is. I mean to be seven and three, uh, five and three in the SEC, and um, you know the best, the best team and the best record since nineteen seventy seven. That is great, Mark. Seriously, that is good. I mean, no one can fault you for that. I mean. Considering you know Mark Soups first couple of years going two and ten, the fact that they're seven and three this season, you know five and three in the SEC is good. I think it could be really good for this program going forward. But you have to understand that you know they've had plenty of opportunities this season. Uh, They had opportunities against Tennessee last Saturday. They had opportunities against Texas A&M to win that game. And I'm not really going to talk about Georgia because, you know, Georgia just outclassed Kentucky in every facet of the game. And like I said last week on the podcast, I mean, it was just a, uh, it was really, I mean, just a talent gap between, you know, Kentucky and Georgia. And, you know, obviously, you know, Kentucky's probably around the second tier of SEC teams at this point. And, you know, Georgia, Alabama, I mean, even LSU are, you know, on top at that, that first tier. So anyways, I mean, UK has had plenty of opportunities this season. They had, you know, quite the possibility of going, you know, being 11-1 and right now. And it's been, it's really, like I said earlier, I mean, it's really quite disappointing, considering how the season's gone. I mean, when UK, you know, they started out 5-0, and of course they lost the game against Texas A&M, and, you know, I wasn't really, you know, upset. I mean, of course, well, I was upset, but, you know, I was able to get over it. Because, you know, we were still in a pretty good position at 5-1. Went a couple more games. You know, they had that, you know, that last, you know, a drive that was so good for Kentucky and Terry Wilson, you know, against Missouri and Terry Wilson just, you know, played really good in that last drive. And he played, you know, quite good throughout the that game, I thought. And, you know, have that no time possession, that final play of the game, getting it to CJ Conrad, that fan base, this UK fan base, was wild. And quite, I mean, it was, and just the fact, that this fan base, has been, on UK side all season. They've, you know, they've, you know, they've, This UK football team has captured the hearts of everybody. It it captured my heart, of course. You know, just because of the fact that these seniors have done so much for this UK program to get them back on their feet. And moving forward, it's really this season could be a stepping stone. But UK is starting to, you know, this season... It's like they lost something, and I think it's part of the. It's because of the offense. They've lost that chip on their shoulder, and it could be a couple things. And like I said, I they've really lost the chip on their shoulder. That's the. That's really where I can put it as. Is that's because I mean you look at the start of the season they started out 5 and 0 they had the biggest chip on their shoulder and i think the chip on their shoulder kind of started after they beat florida which rightfully so they should have had that chip on their shoulder and they then they started out 5 and 0 and then they lose to texas saying m and you know i think this offense you know Has had problems ever since that South Carolina game. They've only been able to uh, get 13 points a game. And that's just terrible. It really is. Considering how explosive this UK offense is. And all the weapons they have. They have CJ Conrad. They have Terry Wilson. Who, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a star. I don't. I don't know if he's going to be another Steven Johnson, and maybe that's what you know this team needs is another Steven Johnson. But I think Terry Wilson, he is a very athletic quarterback, and he's going to be good. We have C.J. Conrad, we have Terry Wilson, we have Lynn Bowden Jr., we have uh, the quite possibly one of the best running backs uh, in the nation, and Benny Snell. I mean, you have all these explosive weapons, and Kentucky's been only able to get up to 13 points a game since the South Carolina game. And I went to the South Carolina game, and that first half, that was the best I've seen this UK offense. They were able to move down the field. They were able to score. And they were just, they were rolling. And then this offensive down. Hill slide that UK has took has come. It started in that second half of that South Carolina game, and it has progressed as the season has moved on. And on, quite honestly, I don't know what went wrong. I don't know how to explain it. And you know, they're talking about changing the offensive scheme, and you know this. Mark Stoops saying it's not a very good idea to do that, then I mean, I just, I don't know what went wrong with this UK offense and why it's been so bad out of the past 5-6 games, And it, what really disappoints me the most is that the seniors on this team have done a lot for this UK program. They have this class that's graduating has gotten U k more uh, SEC wins than any other class in u. k history. They've done a lot, and Benny Snow has done a lot for this program. I mean he's been, you know, a rock for the past three years. And it's, it's just disappointing. And, like I said, I just don't know where this offense went wrong. And they're not, it's, you know, there was a call on KSR the other day, and I thought it was pinpoint. I really thought that is, that was such a valid point And I think he hit the nail on the coffin when he said it. He said the definition of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again expecting a same result or a different result. And really, quite honestly, that's been this UK offense ever since that South Carolina game. And they are expecting to do it. They kept having the same offensive scheme. Keep giving it to Benny. You know, it's, that's not a bad idea, but they come into this game with a set mind. All they're going to do is run the ball and not pass it. And a part of that is that they haven't really given Terry Wilson a chance. And they need to change this offense for the future. I mean, this offense just has to change. I mean, there's no way around it. They have to change. And considering who they have coming in, uh, Wandell Robinson, who made a big boost into the rankings, by the way, in recruiting. He, I've seen him play. Uh, He, you know, of course, plays for Western Hills, and when I uh, I interned at Froggy, I was able to uh, watch him play a couple times. And the dude is so good. He's really good. And... I'm excited. And this offense going forward should be so good. I mean, we're losing a lot on defense, and defense might be hurting a little bit. But we can have the players to back them up. But this offense is pretty much staying the same except losing to uh, C.J. Conrad and Dorian Baker. But they're getting mostly everyone back. Lynn Bowden, Wondell Robinson's coming in. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about Benny, and I can make a prediction about what he's going to do a little bit later. But, you know... Uh, Terry Wilson's going to be back, of course. Uh, you have other, you have you know wide receivers that, I mean, that can make a jump. David Richardson. I don't understand why they haven't used him more, as well as uh, C.J. Conrad this season. But I mean, they ha- they have offensive weapons going forward that can really help them out a lot. And I hope this season isn't it. A- an indication about how this offense is going to move forward. I just hope Mark Stoops realizes that he has to change the offense. And, I mean, it could go one or two ways. I mean, it, I mean, it depends on if Benny comes back or not. But, I mean, I guess this offense has to change at some point in the future. I don't know if he's going to do it this season. I mean, but it has to change some way somehow some way and i've noticed that i mean it seems like terry wilson plays better when the game is up tempo and i think he plays his best when he's when he's you know under you know an up tempo offense and i don't know if mark stoops will, will ever do that and quite honestly, I mean, it's quite concerning. And, and another thing that's really disappointing about this season is that this is the only year you're going to have to be able to accomplish uh, making it to the SEC, or not even not even that. But you had this year to accomplish something, as so much as going to a New Year's Eve bow, one of those six bows, the top one. This was the only year in a while, you know, considering who they're losing next. Then next year. But this was the only year for them to be able to do this, at least for a while. And they blew it. And they just couldn't put together. And it's because, I mean, I love Mark Stoops. I mean, he's done a hell of a lot for this program. And he's got them back on their feet. I mean, I don't, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Quite honestly, I don't know. I mean, I have stuck with this UK team throughout the season. You know, I was able to, you know, Texas A&M, it was at Kyle Field, it was Terry Wilson's first start under, you know, really big, big time lights. Due to the fact, I mean, it was over 100,000 fans. I was able to, You know, you know, make not really make excuses, but I was able to reason that out. Against Georgia, I was able to reason that out. Due to that, Georgia was just playing better. But against Tennessee, this was these last three games were a chance to come back from that Georgia loss and prove a lot of people wrong. And again, they blew it. And there was another call on KSR that, you know, he said, you know, in this life, we only get so many opportunities. And whatever opportunities you get, you have to seize them. And UK just couldn't seize the opportunity. And, I mean, I'm not sure where this UK fan base is at this point. It could be half and half, but I don't know. And I'm, quite honestly, it's not really a frustration with their record. Again, 7-3 and three is still good considering it's Ke- Ke- the Kentucky Wildcats who haven't done much in football. And, like I said, the re- it's not really frustration with the record. It's just frustration with... Not being able to seize certain opportunities and how they've played since that the since the second half of that South Carolina game and I don't know what I mean it's quite honestly, it's just you know disappointing, and I mean. You know, for these fans, should they be frustrated? Hell yes. Like I said, not really with the record, but with how they played, especially on the offensive side. And, I'll, you know, I'm not really going to talk, I can't talk bad about this defense. I mean, this defense is the main reason Kentucky is where they're at right now. Without this defense, uh, they could be much. They would be much worse than they are. You know, their record would be much worse. I should say, and they should. They fans should be frustrated. They should be happy about the record, but frustrated with how they play. And again, I mean I am so happy that they're seven and three, but it just the past couple games and against Texas A&M, they just looked like you know actually I mean after the South Carolina game they just looked like they've really looked like Kentucky from previous years as far as not really being able to do anything on offense. And, you know, I think there's there's a little bit of a narrative change, I think. I mean, against, you know, they've had a lot of wins that in the past would have gone to the other team. A very good example of that would be the game against Missouri. A game against, let's see here, a game maybe against Mississippi State when it was uh, tied at halftime. I mean, most of those games in the past, and I guess Florida, too. I mean, most, those, most of those games in the past would have gone to the other team. So, Kentucky, they've been able to change the narrative a little bit as far as that. And I really hope they can do it going forward. But, this was their, again, these last three games. Losing to Texas A&M and Georgia, that's not so bad. Because, again, Texas A&M, that was at their field that's a tough field to play in. And Georgia, like it's just like I said, Georgia's Georgia. But they had an opportunity these last 3 games to make something of themselves and to prove, hey, you know, we are a different team and we're going to we're going to get to one of these really good bowls for these fans and for us. But I think these fans I don't know how much on board they are for the rest of the season. And looking at the bow projections now, it looks like they might play in the Citrus Bow, as long as they win out, they might play in the Citrus Bow against Northwestern AGAIN. And if that happens, let's just be honest here, if that happens... I'm not sure how much UK fans are going to be on board, and, you know, there was something about this fan base, and there was something about this team that was just different, they were shocking a lot of people, I mean, after the the Missouri game, you have Mark Stoops getting, you know, crowd surfing with the UK players, and, you know, busting out the tops of walls, and I mean, this fan base was just on a different level. They were so hyped up. And I'll never forget that week leading up to that Georgia game. And it's, it's, I mean, I don't know what kind of words to put it because, I mean, this is still a good football team, but they just haven't been able to put it together. And if they want to change the narrative, and this is the last thing I'll say about UK football. If they want to change the narrative for the future, they're going to have to completely, you know, change their offense. That would be the first step. And, you know, just thinking about Eddie Gray, and I've been... You know, pissed off at him. I have been. And Eddie Grant, you know, I mean, to make a good point and to make you know, just to understand this a little bit, I mean Eddie Grant before he came to Kentucky was at Cincinnati. And when he was at Cincinnati, I mean he was pretty putting up pretty good offenses against against um you know, with, he was putting up good offenses with Cincinnati. And, you know, he comes to Kentucky, and now all of a sudden they're only putting up, you know, 13 points a game. And that was another thing, I mean, a KSR caller said, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, it really is Mark Stoops at fault. I mean, is Mark Stoops so hard-headed that he just doesn't want to change? I mean, he has a certain mindset for how he wants to run this team, and he does not want to change it. And that's going to be a big narrative going forward, especially next season. They have weapons. Again, they have explosive weapons, and they just can't put it together for whatever reason. Yeah, Benny Snow at running back. Adam uh AJ Rose is a pretty good is a decent running back. He's good. You have Lynn Bowden again. You have CJ Conrad. You have all these weapons and still you're only putting up thirteen points a game. And I don't know how to explain that. And you know, honestly, this is on every coach. You know, for I mean again I'm not really going to talk about the defense because the defense is the main reason of where they are right now and in the position they are. But the offense this is all on I don't this is not on the players. This is on the coaches. And again I love Mark Stoops. I love everything he's done for this Kentucky team. You know, he's been here for 6 years and he's only improved them. But he's going to have to change. I mean, if he's so hard-headed, he's going to have to change that. He's going to have to change this offense because if they don't change this offense, I mean, they're going to need offense going forward because of who everyone they're losing on defense, losing Derek Beatty. They're losing Josh Allen. They're losing Jordan Jones. They're losing Darius West. They're losing all of these players, and uh, Mike, Mike Edwards too. They're losing all these defensive studs and – they're going to need offense to be able to offset some, you know, problems they might have on defense next year. And I know Mark Stoops is definitely a defensive-minded coach, and he's probably and he's more conservative with them as far as what he does on offense. But he's going to have to change that if they want to change more of the narrative. The narrative for this UK football team. He's just going to have to change the way he coaches. Not the way he coaches, but how how he runs things. He's going to have to change it. Or it's, it's just going to be Kentucky at previous years. And they're not going to have a season like this for a while. So, I mean, if he wants to, you know, fast forward the process of having another season of this caliber again, he's going to have to change. He really is, and if they don't, it's just gonna be a problem. And one I promise, one last thing about this UK football team. Benny Snell. I have a feeling if he stays another year, which I quite honestly, there's a good possibility he'll stay. And I think he should. Just look at the example yeah look at boom Williams a couple years ago he left after his junior year and a lot of people were uh, kind of surprised by that and I was too and look at where he went he went on un- he went to the draft he went undrafted and uh, Benny wouldn't get undrafted he would get picked but he need i think you know staying another year might help him just to prove on his game a little bit more. But, I mean, the point is, if Benny Snell snays, I have a suspicion. I I have a thing. I think that Mark Stoops, if Benny Snell comes back, he's not going to change. But, if Benny Snell leaves, this is the opportunity that he can take to kind of change up the offense a little bit. And Benny Snell was good. Like I love me some Benny Snell. But, you know, he could be more of a facet to the game. But I only think Mark Stoops will change. And I hope he does. I really hope he does. Maybe if Benny Snell leaves. Then maybe he'll change. I mean, AJ Rose is a little bit of a different quarter uh, running back than Benny Snell, and Sahin so King should be back, and he's a, he's a more fast guy, so he's a little bit smaller, but he's their fast guy. I mean, he's he's different running back than um, than Benny and AJ Rose, and then you have Wondell Robinson coming in, who played running back at Western Hills. But and he he could also play slot receiver and he's good at both. So I mean, next year would be definitely the time to change up the offense a little bit, especially if Penny leaves. Moving on to UK basketball, they you know uh they played Southern Illinois last week. They beat them seventy one to seventy one to fifty uh, nine, and you know i mean they shouldn't really look at much at it about why it was so close and there's at one point in the second half where uk was down 7 points to be fair this is a very good southern illinois team they have almost everyone back from last year nearly everyone and this is this is a quality team so uh, as a uk fan don't look at that loss i mean don't look at that win as, you know, a terrible win, you know, just, it was a good team, UK was able to fight back, and, I mean, you look at the second half, there was a moment of time where they were, started playing like the team from the, the Bahamas, and uh, they played North Dakota State last night, and, against Southern Illinois, again, again, that, point of time where they started playing like the team from the Hamas, that could be a turning point, and this, you know, I, I know everyone was disappointed about how this, you know, the, the team played against Duke, in that first half, they were just, you know, they were struggling against a Southern Illinois team. Which like again, that's not a bad Southern Southern Illinois team. They are actually pretty good. So, you know, again, that point of time where they start, they were rolling, they were looking good, and you know they have this next few games that they have are not against very good teams. They beat uh, North Dakota State last night. And they beat them pretty good. So, I mean, this UK team, this basketball team, they just need confidence. (laughs) If they get confidence, watch out. And I'll stick to what I said about Duke. Of course, they had another big victory last night. But, I mean, I'm pretty excited. I mean, they beat North Dakota State last night pretty single-handedly. And P.J. Washington really stepped up for them. Big time, and they beat North Dakota State last night, 9 to fifty-eight. They played really, really good, and it's just a matter of who really, who needs to, uh, who needs to, step up a little bit. And PJ, he stepped up last night. He played in seventeen minutes, and he. Sh- Uh, He scored 25 points and 7 rebounds. And he shot 4 for 5 from the 3-point line. That is the P.J. Washington we were looking for. And I know it's against North Dakota State. They are not that good. But considering he went out there and only played 17 minutes. And he did what he did. Is good. And I am... You know, that was, again, that was the P.J. Washington that we have needed. And that's the P.J. Washington we needed against Duke. He didn't show up. And he didn't show up against Southern Illinois. And, uh, you know, this f- the first start of the season was all about who really needs to step up. And I said last week, point guards do. Manuel quickly had an okay game. He had 12 points and 4 rebounds. And Tyler Hero had a... He had a big, he had a pretty good game. 18 points and three assists. He went 7 for 12 from the field. So he played good. But it's really the point guards that really need to step up. And Ashton Higgins, he hasn't played good at point guard so far. And he hasn't been off to a good season. But. I Manuel quickly has been good. The past couple games, and he's really stepped up. Uh, uh, Keldon Johnson had a double-double last night: twelve rebound, uh ten rebounds, twelve points. But I mean, again, this this UK basketball team is all about who needs to step up, and it's the sophomores, it's Reed Travis, it's the point guards. That's really neat. Who needs to step up, and. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I know, like I said, I know fans were just, you know, upset after that Duke game, and I was, considering I know UK could have played better, but, you know, they beat, the team, the way they played last night was good. They played really good. Certain players stepped up, and that's what needs to happen going forward. I mean again I like I said last week it's this th- Reed Travis is one of the leaders and it's also the sophomores sophomores are going to be considered veterans and they need to step up um they really do or unless it's it's just going to be a disappointing you know it's going to be a disappointing stretch and really I mean this these upcoming games this is the time for UK to you know refocus everything and get you know get everything back in shape because you know it they have to. I mean this this is a very good UK basketball team. Let's not forget how good they are. And they have a lot of talent. But they have to be able to step up. And PJ Washington needs to continue to show why he came back and, you know, really show how much he's improved. Um you know, throughout, you know, through the off season and all that. So he has to be able to improve. And he has to be able to show how. And it's not just him. It's the other sophomores. It's Reed, Travis. It's, you know, it's everybody. They have to step up. These freshmen have to step up big time. They need to settle with a point guard. And I think Emmanuel quickly is starting to show that. And... Ashton Higgins, I don't know what he's doing. He hasn't had a good couple of games, and he hasn't had a good season. But he has to step up, too. I mean, he's good. Ashton Higgins is good. I've seen his highlights, and he's good. He can do amazing things. But he has to get better. And this UK team, they have a lot to do to get to the point where they want to get to. And they have... A lot of things to still figure out. I mean, you have Nick Richards, who had a subpar game again. He got fouled out early. He had all, he had uh, five fouls, of course, so he got fouled out. But he only had a couple points and uh, I think a couple rebounds too. But, I mean, he just, he struggled again. But it's, you know, like I said, everyone's going to have to step up. And, you know, going back to Duke, they just, um, I think once they play a good defense, they will struggle. I really do, and it's just about, you know, what they can do. Um, It's just, Duke, I really, I firmly believe that once they play a good defense, they will be shut down. Because they haven't had played, they haven't played teams that, you know, have played a good defense. And once they play a team like Virginia, once they start playing really good teams, they will struggle. And you can bet on that. And going back to this UK basketball team, they have, like I said, they have a stretch of games where they just need to figure things out. And, you know, refocus their gears a bit. Because this, like I said, this is a good Kentucky team. And they have a lot to figure out. They really do. And, but they're just, you know... Going forward, you know, they have a game against North Carolina, and hopefully these games leading up to that that game against North Carolina, hopefully UK can figure it out. Hopefully they can. In UK, they just have to, you know, like I said, they just need to do a lot of things, and I hope they can do it. And, you know, they have... You know, Tyler Hero is supposed to be this, you know, really good shooter. And we haven't really seen that. He only shot two three-pointers last night. And he only made one. Which, that's okay. But, I mean... He has... You know, it's Tyler Hero. And I was excited about him coming into the season. He has to step up. And, like I said, everyone does. And going, uh, making a little shift to some Louisville, some, some Louisville news, they, they fired Bobby Petrino, which was a long time coming, and he, he has been toxic for this program, and quite honestly, he is an overrated coach, I mean, just look at, I uh, just, I mean, just look at the, uh, uh, the Lamar Jackson. Let's not even look at his first, his first stint at Louisville. Just look at this stint and what he had. He had uh, he had Lamar Jackson. And, uh, Bobby Petrino's first year back, they, this offense wasn't really nothing. And you you really look at I mean once he got Lamar Jackson, he boosted him up. Lamar Jackson boosting up to a top five offense in the country. And of course, when Lamar Jackson leaves, they're all the way at a hundred, uh, like uh, the hundred and twenties. So that's a problem. And it's good that they fired him. That was the best thing that could have happened for this Louisville program. And it was just time to make a change. Especially under a new administration, and they want you know an, an administration that wants to be different, and that they want to they want to have change, and try to get rid of all the 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 back, you know the the garbage that was from the the Tom Church era. They got rid of Rick Pitino. That was one step and now they've gotten rid of uh, Bobby Petrino. So, again, that was so good for the, what this rule program did, that they fired him. That was the best thing that could have happened for them. And now you could arguably say they have, quite honestly, they have a better chance of winning their next two games than they did with Bobby Petrino. Of course, this week that they, they play NC State, And then they play Kentucky, which I I still think Kentucky's going to win, but Louisville now has a better chance of winning. And, you know, moving forward with that program, I think their offense can be really good. I think they have weapons. I think they have keys that can be good. I mean, of course, they need to figure out their quarterback uh, their quarterbacks they need to figure out who they want to go with the, with the future whether it's Jawan Pass whether it's Malik Cunningham or someone else they just need to figure that out but I think this offense can be good for the future it's just their defense I mean their defense is quite. I mean this is one of the worst defenses I have ever seen and then you have I mean this uh, there's just you know there's there's players or not players and there's coaches that they can go after and the coach that I really think that they need to try to get and uh, not to you know say names right now but they need to get someone that is defensive minded not offensive minded and they they really do because this defense is in it's in it's in shambles they are having issues. They are struggling. They this defense is terrible. And they have to get a defensive minded coach to fix that problem. Because in the past, UVL has had good defenses. And this you know, they and this year is no different. I mean I mean all oh, it's just this year is it's it's quite different. And I mean just You know, in the past, I mean, Lamar Jackson's Heisman winning year. Their defense was okay. But then you have the year after that. And they just, I mean, they had Lamar Jackson. So if they had defense, they had a big defensive problems. But they had, at least they had Lamar Jackson to back them up a little bit and get them points to where their games weren't blowouts. Because if they didn't have Lamar Jackson last year, it would it would just be like it is this season. So that just goes to show you that I mean it's. <laughs> I mean that you know they need a defensive-minded coach to kind of fix this program. Not really just I even mean, just to fix the defense. And they're two and eight this season. They're zero and seven in the ACC with wins over only Indiana State and Western Kentucky. So get I mean this I mean just looking at a couple of coaches that I mean number 1 should be Jeff Brom. And Jeff Brom is you know he's I mean he's he's Louisville made. I mean he he went to high school in Louisville. He played college at Louisville. He was quarterback. He played quarterback at Louisville. I mean he has Louisville ties. He's Louisville made. That would be the top um, head coach that they would need to get. And I don't, I mean, you could argue that. I mean, coming to Louisville, he would have better competition. But what they could do, and I mean, I so I think Jeff Braun would be the number one option and it should be the number one option. But what Louisville can do, this especially, you know, for football, they could take a book from what Louisville basketball did. And they waited a year. They had... They had uh, David Padgett as their coach for a year. Didn't work out so good. He did the best he could. But after that, they were able to get a, you know, a quality coach in Chris Mack. And they... And then uh, I think Louisville football should do that. Maybe waiting a year could be good. They might not have a good year. I mean, it can't be any worse than what they did this year. But what they could do is wait a year and see if they can get a better coach than Jeff Brom. And like I said, I think Jeff Brom is a good coach. He's been able to turn around programs. And uh, he went, you know, when he was at Western Kentucky, he changed around that program and turned him into one of the top, you know, offenses. He had Brandon Doughty. I mean, that was a top offense and he did good. He changed around that program. And it's been able to change the culture at Purdue. And just, they've, you know, they killed Ohio State. I mean, of course, they've been up and down a little bit this year, but he's been able to change Purdue. He's been able to get them back on their feet, and Jeff Rom, like I said, if they want to get a new coach this year, he should be the number option, and he should be where you know their their main focus for you know interviews and all that. He should be their number one call, number one priority. But if they do not get them, it would not be so bad to wait a year and see if they can get a quality coach like they did with basketball. And like I said, I mean, Chris Mack, he changed the program at Xavier. So they can get another coach that changed their program or changed another school's program. And like I said, Jeff Brom should be that number one option. But if Jeff Brom doesn't want to do that, which I find hard to believe, I think Jeff Brom wants to come to Louisville. It's just a matter of, I mean, he's at Purdue right now, and he's playing, I mean, he's, you know, he has a better, you know, team than he does with, um, than he would with Louisville. But, I mean, just, I mean, there's, of course, there's a difference in jobs. But, I mean, Just look at the two. I mean, another problem with Louisville is that, I mean, they would just, they might not have the money. And does Jeff Brom want money to come to Louisville? Is there going to be a hometown discount? And I don't know. I mean, I think Jeff Brom might want the big bucks. And, I mean, just, I was looking at some other coaches from the list and, uh, like I said, defensive-minded coach is what they need to fix, and especially try to fix their defense. But, I mean, just looking at other coaches that they have on the list. They have Brent variables from uh, the Clemson defensive coordinator. And let me just tell you why that's not going to happen. And, I, I mean, I would love for that to happen. I mean, I think... Uh, if they got him, their defense, they, they'll, they'll improve next year. But he, I don't think, a problem I have with that is because look at where he's at. He's at Clemson has built up one of the top defenses in the nation. Why would he want to leave a program like that? And if he wanted to become a head coach, why would he be, uh, go to a program like Louisville? I would think he would want to go to a top-tier you know, tier school. And another coach that they were looking at was Ryan Day, Ohio State's uh, co-offensive coordinator. And again, another problem I have with that is look at where he's at. He's at Ohio State, and they have a pretty good offense this year. So, I don't see any reason about why he would want to leave that situation, unless it's to a top tier school, like Brent Variables. So, those two I have a problem with. And there's also Neil Brown, uh, Troy's head coach, who, you know, he's another coach from Danville, Kentucky. I could see that happening. I mean, you could say, I mean, Louisville's definitely a step above Troy. Definitely playing a better competition than Troy. I mean, Neil Brown would be, you know, I think he would be a good option. It's just a matter of whether he want he wants to come to Louisville. I mean, of course, coming to Louisville, there would be a lot of baggage in the, uh, you know, they had a lot of, a lot of baggage to uh, overcome and to carry with them, and there'll be baggage that will, you know. Uh, attach on to him if he come. Uh, whoever comes to Louisville, I mean, it's just you have a defense to try to fix. You have to get their offense in order a little bit. I mean, they just have a little bit of prop. They have problems. This Louisville team football team does have problems, but with a little bit of fixing and a good coach, they can be good. I mean, just look at Charlie Strong and what he was able to build at U of L. So, they, they're just going to have to, you know, hopefully have another, you know, situation like that. And whoever they get, you know, I pr- hope and pray that they can get a, get the, the team back on track. Because, uh, again, I think they, I mean, with a little bit of fixing and uh, with a solid head coach who actually knows what he's doing. And this... You know, it's gonna might it's gonna take a couple years for Louisville to you know overcome a season like they had this year, but I mean it could be done. I mean it might take a while, but with a new head coach, it can be done. And I think they have the keys on offense to be able to to um, to you know be good on you know for the future. And they have you know a defense that like i said you know i've said this a, uh, a thousand times they they just need a little bit of fixing I and mean, they need a lot of fixing and they they only have i don't i think they only i mean I, don't quote me on this but I, th- I think they only have like 10 recruits uh for next year so that's also a big problem and they had 20 players uh who requested uh the papers to transfer so this they this little football team has a lot of problems to solve, and you know we'll just have to see if they can do it. Just looking at some uh, some other college football uh, the Heisman watch, Tua Avolo from Alabama. He's still my number one, of course, and I think he should still be number one for mostly everybody. But uh, definitely, uh, there's a certain player that's catching up to him. But Tua, he's he's just having an amazing season, completing 68% of his passes, over 2,500 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, and two interceptions. And he's having a fantastic season. And it's so crazy to think that he still has one more year. And that is really, that's that's just quite crazy. And Kyler Murray, he was really inching closer to the Heisman watch, or at least number one. He had a good game against Oklahoma State. And uh, on the season, completing 71% of his passes, over 3,000 passing yards and 32 touchdowns, having an amazing season at Oklahoma. And Gardner Minshew is actually my number three. It's not Will Greer from West Virginia. It's actually Gardner Minshew for me. And I think he's having a better season than Will Greer. I mean, he's completing 70% of his passes, over 3800 passing yards and 29 touchdowns. That is really good and he's, you know, he's just played good for Washington State. And I know I think he think he, he's his senior, but he's played fantastic and he's led this Washington State team to be in the top 10 right now in the the college football playoff rankings. So He's my number three, and I think a dark horse, you could say, at this point, I would say is maybe Memphis' running back. Dar- I think his name is Darnell Henders, something like that. But Memphis' is running back, he was having an amazing season. He could be a dark horse. But, I mean, I think it's it's getting way to the season, so there's really no point in having a dark horse. But I think if there was a number four, it's definitely Will Greer, and definitely, I mean, this season has been Quarterback dominated. I mean, there's been good running backs, but I don't think they've been, you know, Heisman caliber running back so far. I think in the future they can be, but they just haven't. You know, their productivity hasn't been as much as the quarterbacks this season. And just taking a look at the the college football playoff rankings, Alabama's number one, Clemson number two, Notre Dame number three, number four is. Michigan, number five, Georgia, number six, Oklahoma, seven, LSU, eight, Washington State, nine, West Virginia, ten, Ohio State University, and then uh, UK is coming in at 17, which is pretty good considering how they played the past couple games in, in the last five games actually, but and that's the foot, uh, the college football playoff rankings uh, for the the top 10 at least in the UK. Uh but I mean I think the the, the top 4 is definitely accurate. I think uh, Alabama they should get in. I mean the, their defense has played amazing the past couple of games uh shutting out uh, Mississippi State and then um, or LSU and then Mississippi State last week. Uh Clemson they played a lot better. They've kind of shocked me, but their offense has looked so good the past, you know, a couple um the past 3 to 4 games especially with no, uh, Terry Lawrence leading the offense, and uh, the running back Travis, Antin, who's played really good this season too. So their offense has looked a million times better than it did earlier in the season. And then, uh, you know, Georgia's moving back up, and that's just going to be a close race. I mean, Georgia still, you know, the Georgia has that loss against uh, LSU but i mean it's going to be a close race i mean top 4 i mean um if notre dame were to lose then i mean there's a good chance that they could be out but i think notre dame gets in as long as they win out and if they do then you know of course they're in alabama should be in uh clemson uh clemson uh again they're number them at number 2 is you know that's that's a no brainer Um, But for Georgia, they're number five. And the only way that they could get in is if they were to knock off Alabama in the SEC championship game. And if maybe uh, Notre Dame and uh, Michigan were to lose. And of course, Michigan still has a game against Ohio State. So that could... Decide a lot of things too, but like I said, the only way I think Georgia can get in is if they were to knock off uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game, and then this Michigan defense has been really good, and I think they could beat Ohio State. And if uh, if Michigan can win out, then they should get in. But this top four is definitely, I think it's accurate. As far as where they're at, the teams have played really good. Uh you know, Michigan, I've talked about them. They've they've improved tremendously this year, especially on the offensive side. And I mean LSU, if they win out, they'll I think they'll get a new year's six bowl. And uh Oklahoma, I mean they they have a shot. They're number six, but you know, like Georgia, there a lot of things are gonna have to happen. In order for them to have a shot in the uh, to make it to the the college football playoff, but I mean, if Alabama loses say against a, a Georgia team, I think they should still get in. So that's gonna be have to be uh, something to focus on. But I mean, it's gonna be fun either way. This the football playoff, uh, the college football playoffs this year are gonna be fun. I really do. I think they gonna be. I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting. Especially if Michigan gets in, I mean, if Michigan stays at number four and Alabama stays at number one, that's gonna be an interesting game. All considering Michigan has a really good defense, and uh, I mean, I think they have a better, a hell of a lot better defense than LSU. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, think, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, that would be an interesting game. Notre Dame and uh, Clemson would be an interesting game, and I think it's it'd be a very it'd be a very fun playoff. In my opinion, some bowl games there could be really fun too, depending on where every everything leads up to. So that is the end of episode sixteen for this week. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it, and everyone that's been associated with me Cave really appreciates it. Uh, it's been, like I said, it's been really fun. I hope you guys continue to listen. I know I've been by myself a couple a couple weeks now, but that's going to change this weekend. I'll be joined by Tim again. It's my birthday this weekend. So it's gonna be a very uh, it's gonna be a special birthday podcast this weekend for the pregame, for the pregame show. And if you want to follow us on our on our um, on our social media, Instagram is at Man Cave Sports Podcast, Twitter's at Man Cave Podcast, and you can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Podcast. And follow us there, and like I said before, if you interact with us, we will interact with you. And Until this weekend, thank you guys for joining me and the man cave.